0: Managing directors and CEOs like to promote the companies they lead, but they sometimes struggle to find the stories that do justice to their cause. Let's face it, they're not journalists, but with a bit of help, it's possible to unearth some amazing material and use it to great effect. This is our theme today. An exploration of those micro moments that give meaning to the big picture that we're so used to hearing from our leaders. My name is Andrew Thorpe. Welcome to Leaning Forward. A few years ago, the Guardian newspaper, gave away a series of 14 small booklets entitled Great Speeches of the 20th Century. Each of them featured a full transcript of the speech, including the one by President Kennedy in 1961, Ask Not What Your Country Can Do For You, and Nelson Mandela in 1964, where he spoke of an idea for which I am prepared to die. From Martin Luther King to Malala Yousafzai, it's the big speeches that often get the headlines. But for me, the more powerful and inspiring stories are the small ones, very much like those captured by journalists who report from war zones. And you may have seen a short video recently of a young Ukrainian girl, displaced by the conflict there, singing Let It Go from the film Frozen, to a crowded room of um, fellow refugees. It's incredibly moving. And these small stories matter because they show us what life is like for ordinary people. It's a reminder of their struggle to get through the day. And those micro-demonstrations of courage and humanity tell us so much about the reality in that country today at the time of recording this. I think of those Kennedy and Mandela speeches as the macro narrative, while the short videos and media reports are the micro stories, and you see the same combination in companies and organisations, a mixture of the big and the small. The macro is the big picture, usually voiced by the leader as they address the workforce. It's an opportunity to give an overview, of how things are going, to say thank you to the staff, and to remind them where the company is headed and why the work they do matters. But it's just one person's narrative, and if it doesn't chime with the experiences of employees at the coalface, it won't have the desired effect. That's why it's important to capture mini moments, those small examples that provide the proof that the macro narrative has some credibility. Instead of claiming to be this or that, you're actually showing it through the actions of those on the ground. And there are other benefits too. By sharing those stories, you're recognising the contributions of your employees. You're showing that you value and celebrate their work. We also learn from our experiences. By pooling stories that illustrate best practice and the mistakes to be avoided, we can educate and motivate each other. And sharing stories from around the business emphasises the interconnected nature of the work that we do. It encourages that feeling that we're all in this together. Now, journalists are very good at rooting out small stories. They have the nose for it. But unfortunately, few companies have a Lise Doucette or a Jeremy Bowen in-house. And for that reason, it can be hard to find the examples of purpose and values actually being lived out. Because there are, after all, a few obstacles in the way. Employees might not want to big themselves up by being in the story. They'd rather stay anonymous, behind the scenes, not make a fuss. It's a very British thing to bat away compliments. Oh, I just do this. Equally, managers may not recognise the small things that actually make a big difference. They're probably busy. Uh, They may fail to spot the nuances to see the meaning in an apparently insignificant moment. And even when things are noticed, there may be a problem with how the story is told. And let me explain this through a story from one of my previous clients, a supplier of school uniform. I was sent details of a nice piece of customer service in one of their stores, but it was a bit bare bones, and I wondered if there was more to the story. The young shop assistant was called Michael, and he'd succeeded in turning a potentially traumatic experience for a child into something more enjoyable. Now, being measured up for clothing in a busy public area can be a bit of an ordeal, especially when the child is self-conscious about their shape or size. On this occasion, the store was very busy um, because it was in the back-to-school period, and the lady came up to Michael and asked for some help for her son, who was maybe 13 years old. The boy was also there with his grandmother, And in a private moment, she whispered to Michael that the child had an eating disorder and was very conscious of his large size. Over the course of the next half an hour or so, Michael chatted to the boy. He put him at ease and he helped the mother find pretty much all the items on her list. And she remarked that, I've never had it this easy before. But what's so interesting about this story is the way that shop assistant was able to get the boy to relax. Apparently, Michael had a cousin with autism, and um, this, combined with his knowledge of sports psychology, because he was he was studying sports psychology at university at the time, helped him to adjust his approach and find a connection with this young child. They found common ground through football, and The boy was wearing a West Ham shirt. And by taking his time to relate to the boy, he was, he was actually able to bring a smile to his face. And apparently, as the mother watched Michael weave his magic, she began to get quite teary. Um, and she embarrassed him a bit by suggesting that his mother must be very proud of him. Now, interestingly, this wasn't the story that I got from the store manager. It was only by interviewing Michael that details like his autistic cousin, his knowledge of psychology and the reaction of the mother came to light. But those are the bits that make the story work. It gives the story pathos. It makes us care a bit more about the main characters. Otherwise, it's just another run-of-the-mill testimonial of excellent customer service or went the extra mile. We're going to take a quick break now to hear from an actor, writer, coach and fellow podcaster, Jackie Goddard. Her show is called Power to Speak, and she interviews a range of wonderful people, each of whom has a fascinating and inspiring story to tell. Here's just a taste of what you can expect. My creativity at its best It's a real exploring, it's a surprising journey. I think creativity is just... The the antidote to insanity, and it's productive originality. Surprising answers, inspiring stories, motivational, educational, inspirational. Wise words with Power To Speak The Podcast. Find us on your favourite podcast platform or watch on YouTube at Power To Speak The Podcast with me, Jackie Goddard. Thank you, Jackie. And now back to our theme. I want to round off this episode by suggesting a few ideas for mining stories from within your own organisation. And I say mining because you really are in the digging business here. It's a bit like archaeology. I worked with one client um, in the construction sector for a number of years and We created a kind of blog production line so employees would feed me uh, some raw ideas for blog posts and we would work together to develop them into something that might stir some interest, something that was ready for publication. And one example was where a lady had some years ago attended a free in-house workshop run by the company and she'd obviously enjoyed it because out of the blue came a client referral And it was from that same lady six years later. So I guess she wanted to somehow repay their generosity. Now, this referral happened to take place on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing and Neil Armstrong's famous giant leap for mankind. So to give the client referral story a bit of an angle, we found a metaphorical link between his um, one small step and the footprint that we all leave behind every time we interact with people. We created pieces about the experience of doing work experience. Um, And so we gave a voice to those who rarely get a chance to be heard. And I really like the way that Howarth Air Technology feature members of staff on their social media posts, a kind of unsung hero thing. And you can listen elsewhere on Leaning Forward to an interview that I did with their MD, Jim Lipchot. You see a lot of charity donation stories in company posts. But I really like the way one of my clients was willing to talk to the press recently about the loss of his brother as a motivation for supporting one particular cause. It made it far more meaningful and authentic companies love to talk about themselves, but I've seen great pieces written by employees who've shared their experiences of working in other countries or different cultures. And if you attend an industry event, write something about what it was like to be a delegate. Maybe you were a first-time networker, talk about that experience, or maybe one of the speakers particularly impressed you. Not least what they said, but maybe how they connected with the audience. The key to all this is to see the small stuff, to develop that journalistic nose and to realise that it's the small stuff where the magic lies. Now, these things rarely come to the surface on their own. They require a little digging And that means spending time with people, taking an interest in them. And that means beyond their work function and getting beneath the surface. I'll leave you with a quote from Anita Roddick, the founder of The Body Shop. Anyone who thinks small things don't make a big difference has never been to bed with a mosquito. That's all for now from Leaning Forward. Thank you again for tuning in and do check out my fellow podcaster Jackie Goddard and her show Power to Speak you can find it where you normally listen to your podcasts or on YouTube at Power to Speak the podcast see you next time